Pastor Ed Taylor on the number one tool God has given for believers, and it hasn't changed over the years. Believer, you have one tool. It's the Bible. It's not books about the Bible. It's not other people's opinions about It's not even Bible studies or the apps or anything. It's the Bible. And if you have the Holy Spirit, He'll use the Bible in your life. He will use it. If you just read it and do it, God will bless you and you'll grow. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Hey, welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Today we get right back into our new study of 2 Peter. We could go on for days citing all that's untrue in today's world, but today on the broadcast we'd like to concentrate on what is true, something you can count on with absolute certainty, and that is God's prophetic word. It never changes and is never wrong. That's because it was inspired by God. We'll be finishing up the first chapter of 2 Peter. What's going to change your life is the noble example of Jesus Christ and his followers fully submitted to him. That's what's going to change your life. That's what's going to change you from the inside out and give you the, stat, the stamina and endurance to face anything. And to me, you know, whether it's signs and wonders or cultural, you know, like, like believe me, the Bible needs to be culturally relevant. I'm not saying that. Like definitely the, the message of the gospel needs to resonate with the people that are listening, that live in the culture, absolutely. But the word of God, we can't mess with it. The message can, the message can never change. Do you guys with me, church? The message can't change. The methodology in delivering it, of course it's gonna change. But the message, the message in and of itself in the hands of the Holy Spirit will penetrate the hearts for which it's been sent out, the message. So if you mess with the message, then forget about it. I mean, you, it, you're not just one degree off, you're, you're going in the exact opposite direction of the crucified Jesus Christ, the one that was, that was crucified and died for you. That's the message we preach, by the way. Jesus Christ, him crucified, buried and rose again. That's the gospel. Oh, but Ed, that's, I mean, that's, that's not much. No, it's enough. It's enough. It is the message of the gospel that will change your life. And what's sadder is that many people follow. Many people follow. I mean, in my email box today, I had a couple of emails. Uh, one from a church that, that believed in the seed faith stuff and wanted me a, They literally asked me to sow a seed into their believe it. If I believe it, I will see it. Ministry. Here's my seed. Abandon that false teaching. And let it grow. The Lord will take care of you. But it's like, and I, another email was, uh, I opened today was, was just as bad in sense of somebody just getting off track. It's just off track. Just got to stay on track. It's easy to walk right past God's word or even co-op God's word instead of just letting the word of God speak. So we have the prophetic word, the prophetic word. God, the prophetic word is powerful. It is one of the evidences that the Bible that you hold in your hand is divine in origin, not human. 
divine in origin. Can I show you something? Flip over to Isaiah 46 with me, would you? Isaiah chapter 46. We really need, you really need to see this either for the first time or by way of reminder. The prophetic word, that's what he emphasizes. We have the prophetic word. We have the 300 plus prophecies of the coming, the first coming of Jesus Christ, Peter says. We experienced it. We saw it with our own eyes. Why is, it, why is the prophetic word so important? Because our God knows the future from beginning to end. And one reason we know, one of the many reasons we know that this book is from him is because it's filled with very precise prophetic predictions that only God can know. Notice in Isaiah 46 verse 9. Isaiah 46 verse 9. It says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Listen, verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning... And from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Go over to chapter 48 now, verse 3. Isaiah 48, just a couple pages over, verse 3. It says, I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth, and I caused them to hear it, Suddenly I did them, and they came to pass. See, I declared them from the beginning. And they went forth, and suddenly, notice he says, verse 3, I did them, because I knew, verse 4, that you were obstinate, that your neck was an iron sinew, and that your brow was bronze. Even from the beginning I've declared it to you. Before it came to pass, I proclaimed it to you, lest you should say, my idol has done them, and my carved image and my molded image have commanded them. God says right here in his word, I've set things in advance to prove to you, not that you would associate it to some idol or some other man. I have told you things to prove ahead of time so you know when they come to pass that I am God. And so what does Peter say back in Second Peter? It's the confirmed prophetic word that we cling to that God is saying, God's saying to us, look, one of the evidence I give you is that I, that I am who I say I am, is I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the future. No other so-called little g God can do that. And so we trust the Bible that we hold in our hands. We trust it. We trust it. Notice back in Peter now, in verse 20, he says, knowing this first, why do we trust it? Well, he says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Let me just say, for those of you that have studied inductive Bible study, this is how we've been trained to study and teach the Bible, you know that there is one interpretation to the Scriptures. There's not two, there's not five, there's not three. There is one interpretation. While there might be many applications, how to use the text Unless you get the right interpretation, all of your applications will be wrong. But there's only one interpretation. But what, what, what much of teaching is today is a guy coming up, opening his Bible, throwing out a verse, and then just totally shredding it, and then giving all the kinds of opinions and attitudes and false applications. Why? False applications because he didn't have the right interpretation. There's no, nobody has a private. You can't come, and this will build into chapter two. You won't be able to come up here to the stage and go, Ed, Ed, you don't understand. I, I've, I've got a, a new understanding of this verse. 
okay, bro, like the Bible's been around for 2,000 years and you're the first person to figure this out. In all of history, all the people that have given their life for the scriptures, all the people, yeah, 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 the Lord gave it to me in a dream. Nah, man, nah, no thanks. That's not, that's not from the Lord. The Bible is very clear. It was written historically in a known language with a context and a time. And so you got to read it until you understand what it meant to its hearers. That's why we keep mentioning Peter wrote to people under, uh, under great duress to the government. Because we're going through something in our own time and age, and we've got issues with government. We don't lead with that. We don't lead with culture. We don't say, well, because everything's going, let's go to the Bible and find out what it has to say about how to live today. No. We go to the Bible and say, this is what it says. Then we apply it to our culture. And you got to get the order right. And that's what he says. No scripture is any private interpretation. It's not something you can just make up as you go, as the false prophets were to the people in Peter's day. Notice, he says in verse 21 now, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. We can trust the Bible because it was written by God and not men. We, what we have in the Bible today didn't originate in the minds of men as false teaching does. All false teaching was made up by man. All of it. And when you think of man-made religion today, the emphasis is on man-made. So what Peter's saying is like, look, the Bible didn't start with man. The Bible came to man. What you guys are listening to started with man, and it's going to man. But he says, no way. The Bible, prophetic word, came from the supernatural mind of God. And often when someone comes to me with some weird teaching, some weird belief, I I like to ask them this question just so you can be ready. If you ever come to me with some weird teaching or some weird belief, I'm going to ask you a question pretty much like this. Where did you learn that? Where did you learn that? Who specifically taught you that? What teacher gave you that? Because you would never read the Bible on its own and come to that conclusion. Never. You would never read the Bible in its simplicity and come to the conclusion of the weirdness of that doctrine. Now, let me say, it's okay to ask good questions about weird things that you're thinking or, you know, questions you might have about the Bible. That's not what I'm talking about. But if somebody comes up and goes, I got a new doctrine, or, you know, like the time Michael the Archangel showed up at church. You know, Michael the Archangel showed up to our church one Sunday. He came in. Um, it, was, it was probably not a very wise thing, but he came in. Uh, this brother, this man came in with a dark trench coat uh, right after, uh, it wasn't a few years after Columbine. That was mistake number one that Michael the Archangel made as he came in. And he's waiting for me. He's got, you know, he has all the attention of security, both the seen and the unseen security that we have here. They're all surrounding him. They go, hey, you know, this guy wants to talk to you, Ed, but he's kind of scary. You know, I'm like, hey, let me talk to him. I'd love to talk to him. I come up. He's got some weird thing. He had some word from God he said he had. By the way, he wasn't Michael the archangel, okay? He wasn't. And so as he comes, you know, he says, my name's Michael. And he handed me his business card. I wish I would have kept it. It was a business card that said Michael the Archangel on it. I'm like, ooh. And I was in an interesting mood that day, and I said, man, if you're Michael the Archangel, where's your Bible? Wouldn't you think the angels would be using the Word of God showing up like that? And 
And then I got really kind of, you know, I don't know what you want to call it. You could come to your own conclusions. But I did ask him. I said, where are your wings? Take your jacket off. I can see your wings. He was getting very angry with me at that time. But I didn't even need to ask him where he got that weird stuff in because it was not from the Lord on its face. And we said, you know, if you're going to believe that kind of stuff and you're going to bring that kind of stuff in here, we don't want you here. We want you to repent. Like, I don't know what you're into, guy. I don't know where you got this from, but you're not Michael the archangel. I can assure you that. And then he left and we haven't heard from him anymore. If you're Michael the archangel and you repented, I'd sure like to hear it. Because you know who you are that came in through here. We need to be careful. Because the word of God is not wrong. You're probably wrong, but the word of God's not wrong. If I make a mistake or I teach something that's wrong, I'm wrong. The Bible's not wrong. That's why you want to learn and I want to keep encouraging you. You test all things, hold fast to what is good. I'm not an infallible teacher. I'm not without error. And even on secondary matters, that there's great debate in the body of Christ, I'm not entirely certain that my view is the view that's going to last the test of time. I am convinced in it. I am convinced biblically. I, I do hold to the biblical view. I mean, I have biblical reasons, I'm not just making it up, but I'm willing to admit if I need to be corrected, I need to grow. I want to grow just like you do. And I spend a lot of time studying the Word. But I too make mistakes. See, holy men, it's the holy men of God that He chose. They were moved. Notice in verse 21, if you like to write in your Bibles, you should mark that word moved. It has the picture of being carried along by the Holy Spirit. So you know how some people come to you and say, oh, I don't believe the Bible. The Bible was written by men. Anybody ever say that to you? Here's your answer. You wanna, here's how you answer them. Yes, men did write down the Bible. You don't need to fight them on that. Yes, of course men. You know, you don't believe that the God wrote the Bible and not man. No, I believe men wrote the Bible. Of course they did. Men wrote the Bible. They wrote down what God told them to write down as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They, they wrote down what God intended to be written down for us. So of course, the Bible, the agency that God chose to reach man was man. Isn't that great? I mean, it's the same thing you parents do when you want to explain something real difficult to your kids and, you know, little guys, like we had running through the building today, just little guys, one of the ways that you, one of the tools that you use in order to convince them or connect with them, what do you do? You get down on your knees and you look at them eye to eye. And what God did for you and me is he sent his only begotten son so his son could look us eye to eye. God in human flesh. It does make sense that God would in his sovereign choice, condescend to our level to reach us. Even as Paul would adapt that into his lifestyle, you and I adapt that into our lifestyle. What? When Paul said, I've become all things to all men. Why? With the motive of reaching them, that some might be saved. So we learn as we are sending a missionary out to Thailand. She's doing a lot of study, I'm sure, on Thailand, culture, language, 
She, she's talking and learning and growing. Why? So she can become a more relatable tool in the hands of God. She's certainly not going to carry with her a, a message of, you guys are doing it all wrong. We're doing it right in Colorado. So let me tell you how to do it right now. And we're just going to copy everything we do in Colorado and Thailand. Well, first of all, if she doesn't change her language, she's not going to connect with anybody because they don't speak English there. I mean, you know, as a second language, many of them do. But there's a different language, a different culture, different food. As Pastor JJ was sharing when we did our mission support trip there, it, everything, it was, it was, you know, living or staying in Thailand for a short amount of time was an assault on all your senses. And yet, for those that live there, it wasn't an assault on their senses at all. This is their culture. And it was a beautiful culture and a wonderful culture. It was a, a wonderful place to serve the Lord and visit Pastor Dave and Irina and Deneen and, and to learn from them. And here we are taking the word of God and recognizing God became man so that he could reach man. And some might say, well, God couldn't he have done it another way. Of course he could have done it another way. But he chose this way. And so in the word of God, you say, Can't God, couldn't have God done it a different way? Yeah, he could have done it a different way, but he chose to do it this way. And you go, oh, how do you know what he chose? Because it says right here in the Bible that holy men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit. One more verse, and then we'll head out today. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Would you go there with me? That's to the left from Peter. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Sure, men wrote down the word of God, but they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They were carried along. Men wrote it down, but God inspired it. Literally carried them along. Notice verse 16. You can always remember 1 Timothy 3.16 as the verse. You know, John 3.16 is the verse that emphasizes the gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 3.16 emphasizes the inspiration of the Holy Scriptures. Notice. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Just to make sure everybody's with me, let me give you a real quick pop quiz. How much scripture is given by inspiration of God? All. all of it. All of it. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And notice is profitable for four things. Every time you read the Bible, whether you understand it or not, God is working these four things out in your life. Number one, for doctrine. That's right teaching. Number two, for reproof. That's to tell you what's wrong teaching. Number three, for correction, that's, how you, that's to teach you how to change toward right teaching. And then number four, instruction in righteousness, that is how to continue on in right teaching. Why? Verse 17, so that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So doctrine, teaching us the truth about God, reproof, teaching us what's wrong about ourselves, correction, teaching us how to fix what's wrong, and instruction in righteousness, teaching how to maintain that which is right. God has given you the inspired scriptures, not only so that your faith might be built. Faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. That's why reading it out loud is a double blessing. Reading the Bible out loud, even with your own voice, is a double blessing. Because not only are you seeing it with your eye and internalizing it, but you're reading it out loud and you're what? Hearing it. 
But now, you know, we, years ago, we were so excited because we got this, we found this company that was doing MP3 Bible being read to you, and we did it like on a pack of 10 CDs or something. And we ordered all kinds of them. We were back in the school back then. It was just when the technology of MP3 was invented, and you had to, I don't even remember what kind of MP3 players there were back then, but you could put it in your computer on your Microsoft um, on your Microsoft XP or whatever the operating system was back then, your Office 95 or whatever it was, put it in the little CD tray, pop it in, and you could play the Bible being read to you. But now it's in your pocket. If you don't already have this app downloaded, you must download it. It's the U version, Y-O-U version, the most popular Bible um, app that, that is around. Translated into so many different languages. And one of the benefits is that many of the translations, they w- it will read it to you. And you can just have it read. That's what Marie does for her devotions. I'll, uh, I'll, go, I'll wake up first, go downstairs, have coffee. I'll come back up. And she's got the Bible going on in the bathroom as she's getting ready for the day. The Bible just going, filling our house, filling our bedroom with the Word of God. And it's the you version. It's a, it's a free you know, and that's where Pastor Craig Rochelle is such an insp- inspiration to us because his church, they took on that project and have maintained it as a free gift to the world from the very beginning. It was there. You know, we've got this little thing, Grace FM, that God's doing here in Denver. That's our gift to the city. But now, you know, you've got other churches that model generosity. God blesses generosity. Just know that. God blesses generosity. God can always replace money. He can Character, that can't be replaced. It has to be developed. And a generous spirit, the Lord will bless generosity. The word of God is trust. So I would just say this as we, as we head out, my final word. Please, please, please be careful with your Bibles. And even as I'm encouraging you to download a free app, there nothing replaces a, a paper Bible. Nothing replaces what it smells like, just books, you know. This is a pretty new one, too. It's just unbelievable. I love the small books. When you're at the doctor's office and you take a Bible out, there's no mistake what you're doing. When you have your Word of God, it's one of the things we teach the pastors here, and now the men and women in the school ministry carry your Bible. This is the tool. You know, just like a construction person is going to take a hammer or one of those air gun things, whatever construction people use, they need their tools. Believer, you have one tool. It's the Bible. It's not books about the Bible. It's not other people's opinions about It's not even Bible studies or the apps or anything. It's the Bible. And if you have the Holy Spirit, He'll use the Bible in your life. He will use it. If you just read it and do it, God will bless you and you'll grow. This is Abounding Grace, and you're listening to a message from pastor and Bible teacher Ed Taylor. It's part of a study in 2 Peter. Catch a replay when you visit AboundingGraceRadio.com. If you haven't already downloaded the free app, simply search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play. We also have a podcast. Here in the month of February, we've picked out an excellent book written by Catherine McDougall titled Ebenezer Stones. You'll see how just an ordinary stone can remind you of our extraordinary God. As you read Ebenezer Stones, you'll be taken on a journey through the many ways that God is faithful in our lives. 
from bringing us into a relationship with Him to changing us from the inside out, providing for and guiding us and protecting us too. Read all about it in Ebenezer Stones. And we'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. And please remember, it's through your financial support that we're able to come to you day by day on this station. Your gift, whatever the size, would be greatly appreciated and put to good use. Request your book today by calling us toll-free 877-30-GRACE. Again, 877-30-GRACE. You can also make your request at calvaryco.store on the web. Again, that's calvaryco.store. If you'd rather not have the book but still want to make a donation, that can be done rather easily at aboundinggraceradio.com. And the question is, how has Abounding Grace blessed you? We'd like to know. Just visit aboundinggraceradio.com. Scroll down to the bottom of our homepage, and you can click on Connect With Us. Another way we can stay connected is through social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Find the links to each on our website. Again, it's aboundinggraceradio.com. Don't miss our next study in 2 Peter. It's going to be a good one. That's tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. And may God richly bless you with His abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.